That's right, my friends, the good ship cool room has docked again, and you're invited to have a very fun episode with us tonight with the good team from Fury and Sun Brewing. Uh, once again, we have a special little offer if you're listening to the podcast. We have three tasting packs left uh, containing the beers that we're going to be talking about tonight, available from our Shopify, which you can find by Googling Cool Room Podcast Shopify. Uh, there's six delicious cans of Fury beers in there, normally $35, but if you include the code word BOXING, we're going to uh, take $10 off the price, so just $25 for those six amazing beers. Only three of them left. And of course, while you're there, you can have a look at all of the other beers that we're selling for our other online Meet the Brewers series. Really looking forward to having Embolden Brewing from San Diego on the show in a couple of weeks. And very soon after that, finally, after a long, long wait, we're going to have Nunya Ur joining us from Norway. Uh, so many exciting things coming up, including some live shows. You'll hear a bit more about them as the episode goes on. But for the moment, sit back, relax, and enjoy our discussion with Fury and Son. And welcome to the cool room. We are here, we're here with uh, the fabulous... Well, so far. <laughs> the fabulous Andrew and Blake from Fury and Sons. Um, g'day, hey guys. guys. How are you going? Hey everyone. Howdy. How's it going? Excellent. Excellent. We're we're certainly we're certainly in for a treat. Um, yeah, really excited to have you guys on. Uh, you've been in the industry for a while. Um, it, yeah, been a kind of a simmering but strong part of the industry uh, <laughs> for a while. Um, so let's start by giving us a picture of the brewery. Uh, the yeah, whereabouts are you for our international and? Uh, and maybe interstate listeners who don't know where you are, and even the Melbourne listeners who might not know where you are. Um, yeah, tell us about where you're from and where you're doing. Well, we uh, uh, the brewery's out in Keelor Park, so we're we're nice and tucked away from the city, up on up the north uh, northwest. Um, been there for eight years, I think, coming on eight years now. Um, and yeah, currently just plugging away solid core range and a, a good re- good amount of limited releases going so yeah just ticking along been good for eight years is a great run in this industry so um very very psyched to be part of part of a a pretty top-notch tight team um thanks blake uh what what i might do is i might cut across there and we might do one of our traditional uh introductions so blake would yeah. you like to introduce Andrew for us and tell him and tell us what his favorite beer is? It doesn't have to be a Fury beer, it can be any beer, but yeah, it's yeah. so introduce Andrew and and yeah, and and tell us about his favorite beer. Well, uh, this is Andrew Yarton, he is our head brewer. Um, thanks for having him here. Um, he has recently made the jump over. Well, I mean, not so much recently now, but not, last not year. Too recent. Yeah, not too recent. Uh, you, you're only about two months. It came in two months after me, actually. But um, yeah, Yarton joined the team last year, uh, made the jump over from Hawkers. 
So uh, also like me moving around to, from brewery to brewery, um, but very glad to have him part of the Fury and Sun team. Um, we are a very small one, so it's good that we all tend to work together. And favourite beer? Oh, that's a tough one. This will test you. Um, I, I'm going to go because I, 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 we've had many a discussion about beers, but I'm not too sure you've ever actually revealed your favourite. And I think it might be a brown ale. Oh, any particular, or oh, hold on, any particular brown, whose brown ale would it be, please? Oh, it would be anyone's brown ale. The Newcastle um, brown, you say? Newcastle brown, I think, is probably the, the base level for Yarton to start at. <laughs> I'll get into trouble for saying that now. <laughs> no, yeah, oh, no, no, because Andrew will have his turn now and we'll see. Yeah, Andrew, if you'd like to introduce Blake and let us know what his favourite beer is. Uh, Blake, one of one of our gun, gun sales team. Um, I would hazard a guess that Blake, Blake's a, a bit of a... A bit of an IPA drinker, I would say. Um, whether it's whether it's cruising from from the mid strength IPAs up to up to their doubles as well, I reckon anything with hops in it, he'd be all about. You you know me too well, Yarn. You know that you know that because I keep constantly suggesting black IPAs in the yeah, uh, we'll get around to our it. staff we'll get around meetings. To it. So <laughs> I will get that across the line at some point. <laughs> I'm surprised you guys haven't done one. In my head, I think, yeah, you've been around for like it's yeah, the brewery's been around for a while. In my I head, think there's been one a couple of years back, but um, keep was, keep your keep your eyes yeah. open. I think there might be one. Uh, we Coming might we might be able to yeah, I might be able to twist some arms at some point very very soon. Jeez, it's not even seven o'clock, and we've already got a scoop. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. Secret oh. insider knowledge only for the cool room. So. Um, we're not starting off with a black IPA. We're starting off with the hazy mid. Yeah, probably um, the complete opposite. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, apart from the hops. Yeah, the complete opposite. Andrew, would you like to give us a little rundown of this beer and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the beer? It's what what we should be tasting, but also about the production. If you could, yeah, if you'd be so kind. Yeah, sure thing. With um. With any mid-strength beers, it's it's quite um quite challenging to to sort of retain a bit of that mouthfeel and 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 body to a to a beer that's got not much not much alcohol behind it. Um, so it was a, it was a great challenge to to try and try and write write a recipe around uh, around one one being a mid-strength, but then throw hazy in the mix as well. Um, so yeah, we, we've got. Um, Got quite a quite a bit of oats, wheat to to give it give it the haze. Um, we we've made made good use of dextra malts to try and retain a little bit of sort of unfermentable sugars, just to to retain the body on it, and um and then throw throw hops at anything and it tastes good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so the the hops we use are. Um, it worked, worked, worked quite well. We went with a, a cryo azaka, um, matched match that up with sort of El, El Dorado, uh, and ooh, I'd have to check. I, I think we 
like like with most things, chucked a little bit of Galaxy in there as well, just for just for fun. It's like the parsley on top nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and us us in production and and the sales crew as well were, were quite happy with what what ended up coming out. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I, I wouldn't wouldn't hazard to guess just how many I've knocked back since uh, since it was released. Um, what we've all right, so we've had a bunch of breweries on who have spoken about uh, how tricky that mid-string style can be, and you kind of alluded to it. Um, one major decide on a hazy and a hazy midstream. Like, what was the driving force behind that? Sales or guys just want hazy and everything. <laughs> we just uh, we have a dartboard of buzzwords, and so every Monday we just throw it at them and see what sticks, and uh, test the guys out to see if they can run with it. Um, no, I, I think it'd probably be a lot to do with um, just commentary from people out and about in the marketplace. Um, I know firsthand this week I popped into to a venue and they were very excited to see an interesting mid-strength, well, I mean, a hazy as well, because most venues you go in and, and you ask, hey, what, what mid-strength options you have? And still it's just Cascade or something like that. And um, I think there's definitely room now for more of a, a sessionable, easy drinking option. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Without um, compromising on flavour as well, that's the big thing because, uh, you know, I think people's, what people think of with mid-strengths and what comes to mind, apart from the crappy Carlton one at the football, mm. is like um, you've got your, yeah, your Cascade, you've got your Great Northern, and those aren't notoriously flavourful beers um, and also aren't really the kind of beers that, we would typically be going. We wouldn't be going into venues that I that would be pouring Great Northern on tap. So mm. the kind of venues that we do go into need to have a mid strength option as well. So I think yep. we're, we're confident enough to to be able to come out with a pretty solid option for people. Yep, yep, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Andrew, you mentioned before you've used a little bit of dextrose just to to so there oh, is a little bit of yeah sugar. Well, not dextrose. Oh, uh, sorry, de- de- dextrin malt is um, pretty much the opposite of, of dextrose. dextrose. So it, it will give you sugars, sugars that the yeast can't break down. Um, so it's, it leaves leaves sugars in the in the beer just to give it that sort of body, um, and and not end up with having a, a product that sort of tastes a bit watery. Um, what other what else have you done to to uh, kind of give it that fuller flavour, like give it that more more substantive full strength flavor in the in this kind of guys i think in this instance the 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 hazy part of it does quite work in our favor um because nat- naturally anything with oats is, is going to have a little bit more of a fuller fuller mouthfeel mm. um and to yeah it's it's quite a, a nice um side effect of of trying to make a beer hazy is that you you end up with with those um sort of proteins that hang around and 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 do do give you that that better mouthfeel and and have something that's that's yeah not 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 too watery you 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 still feel like you're drinking a a full strength beer um but you can have a couple of them and and still jump in the car and drive yep awesome um 
trying to dig out a scoop early in the uh, early in the podcast. Are there any other mid strength styles that you guys are looking at? Is this something that 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 like Blake? I suppose this is a good question for you. You've seen that there's a need. Uh, where else could this need kind of twist and turn? I think, and, and this is me more personal opinion. Um, I would like to see, and uh, before I, this is probably less of a scoop and more. Just, of, just uh, wait. Can, the, I, can I butt in? Can I butt in here? You're not going to say mid strength black IPA. Are you? Oh wow! <laughs> I have had one. I've had a two point nine percent black is IPA it, that was out of this world. Is this um, what grinds my gears? With no, like- no, 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 no. I because. The, the the previous last year especially we we sort of had a massive run with our stouts and all of our stout variances yep. so I think a, a lower ABV dark beer would be really really interesting um, whether or not that's something that you can achieve to have the full body that you want from it yep. I don't know that's why we have Yarton on board but um, I I think I think that the, the first person to crack a mid strength stout. That they'll, they'll be going to the bank with that. So uh, that that's my that's my suggestion would, for down the road. Hey Blake, just out of interest, would you would you like really hop that stout? Would you like that mystery oh, stout? Look, would you just throw a ton of hops into it? Look, if you want to if you want to uh, subvert people's expectations, then yeah, cr- crank that up a notch. But um, no, okay. no, 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 no. We're, we're known for our more. Yeah, is what he's up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the mid strength hobby stout. <laughs> Uh, that'd be the dream for me personally, but no, I, I think I think a dark beer. I think dark beers are enjoyable to drink during winter, but I mean sometimes your eyes can water when you look at those percentages on 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 a tap or and stuff like that. And you know, personally, I still like to enjoy a dark beer without needing to worry about yeah stumbling home or anything like that. I had a mate last night who was drinking a, a zero, or maybe it was a 05 percent. Um, stout, which he spoke very highly of. And it's funny because we had a conversation about it and I could, the way he described it, it sounded like a very nice beer, actually. There you go. There yeah. you go. I think that maltiness, that'd be the hard one to just keep keep there, mm. give you that same mouthfeel. Yeah. Yeah. Given, given me ammunition to wind up our other sales guy, Glenn. He, um, I, I've wanted to do. I've wanted to do a dark lager for a long time. So may, maybe I could throw out the suggestion of doing a, a, a mid strength dark lager. Oh, there's the scoops. The scoops coming like you know, thick and fast. <laughs> Warren, Warren, get us back on track before we have too many scoops too early. I was, I was thinking. I, I thought a, a nice way to get us on track, since I've completely smashed this first beer, um, is to maybe consider moving on to our next the next beer in our range as david <laughs> tries to catch up that's all right I, I don't drink as fast as you guys and i'm happy to have that on record someone's got to steer the boat yeah <laughs> oh there's never anyone that's steering this ship like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's like it's, 125 episodes a year. yeah we've not we've tried we've tried we've tried to get a steerer for a really long time and it's just yeah. never happened oh, the fact that we on. say steerer rather steerer. than helmsman <laughs> might be problem. you've been doing it wrong this entire time look this is very slick though last time i was on we weren't on video we were all just doing audio and i think it was just uh you me and travis david is that 
Well, I was trying to, so it's, I was going to bring this up a bit later, but yes, for those who are loving yeah. the voice of Blake tonight, I think you need to go back to series three, episode 21, uh, when we still gave our episodes a series number and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but do, if oh, yeah. part of much of what we're going to say tonight presumes that our listeners on the podcast will know who Blake is. And if you haven't delved into the archives, uh, Blake has given me the excellent opportunity to uh, have a segue to say there's 125 gorgeous episodes of us talking about beer out there. Um, now, is Blake correct, David? Was I on that episode or was that our, our previous ship steerer that was on that episode? I think that was probably when you were just coming on board. Back, I think it might have even been... Oh, it was very close to the beginning of the Meet the Brewers yeah, online. Yeah, actually, it's all coming back to me. Uh, that shows how good my memory is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I made an impression, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> my witty repartee being wasted. Now, now, now is a really good time to move on to the second beer. Yeah, I reckon so too. Cool, good, good. Um, we are we are totally thank you, Warren, for taking the first beer. I would normally take the first beer, but um I thought it was a good way to shake things up in the cool room. Um we are moving on uh to long hot days of summer ale. It seems like the weather's changed in Melbourne. It's it's almost not summer anymore. It's almost it's verging the folly on of Melbourne brewing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, at least it's <laughs> At least you can only be sold for two hours every day, just when that particular <laughs> season is in, is in place. At yeah. least we're not flooded, um, mm, which is always true. a good thing. And to our listeners in uh, New South Wales and Queensland, we're, we're totally thinking of you guys underwater at the moment. So, uh, And the breweries that have been affected to, oh, yeah. to that level being underwater as well. We are, we are sending out good vibes, guys. We're sending out good vibes. Um, this is an awesome beer. Let's start, like, it's probably one of my favourite beers you guys do. Um, let's start. Guys, take us on a tour. What flavours should uh, the listeners out there be tasting on this one? I'll let you handle this one, Yarm. What, 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 this is, no, this is, the third, this is the third time this one's been brewed. Yeah. So this, this one, is a, bit, yeah, a little bit, a little bit more. It's, it's, it's been one, one that's been around for, for many years. Um, uses a, a fairly decent percentage of um, of Vienna malt, so it gives it a nice, um, yeah, really nice sort of bready, bready, malty flavours um, coming through. Uh, but then throw a boatload of hops at it. This one mainly mainly kiwi hops. Um, so my, my Joaco feel uh, is is fairly prominent in it, and uh, and Rakao as well. Nice. Um, yeah, I, it's just it's it's a great great smasher beer. Um, the the biggest um, the the biggest issue with it is that it's called a summer ale, and people don't want to drink it outside of summer because oh, it, 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 so here we go. It's, You've it's another, into the it's case another there. Beer, it's, um, another beer that could be drunk all year round. Um, most definitely. This is an interesting discussion. Um, have you guys ever thought about brewing it as a summer ale over summer and then remarketing it as something else during the winter, what but having the exact brewery, same beer? What kind of a brewery would do that with their beers? Surely, <laughs> surely that doesn't happen. 
Great answer. <laughs> it is, I would say, though, this is it's almost like the proto-hazy mid. Like, I think we wouldn't have gotten to the hazy mid without going through this one first. Um, it's, yeah, it goes down an absolute treat. And I think a little, being a little bit bigger, 4.4%. I'm with Yarton on this one. This is an all-year-rounder, I, I think. But 100%. Keep it. We're we're still keeping it seasonal at this point. Um, I don't know. We'll have to bring that up as a as a rebrand, um, and and see uh, and see. How's it? Has it? Um, has it changed over the three times it's been like you said? This is the third incarnation of it. Has it shifted much? It, I mean, it tasting. Had, it had a little bit, but not this year. Um, I, I they had a bit of a run of of growing quite a lot of it in a fairly short space of time. And I, I think the, the recipe did sort of change marginally. Um, but this, this time around for, for this season, uh, we went, we went back right back to the original, which um, our other brewer, Elwyn was of the opinion that it was the best. So if, if we're going yeah. to bring it out again, then we want to bring out the best product that we can. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, this, this rendition is, uh, is back to pretty, pretty much the, um, the original of it. Mm. There you go. Interesting. Um, you just touched on the fact that it's still a seasonal beer. What replaces it out of season? What um, you, like is there a beer that you just do a say, clean swap with? Uh yeah, I think there would be. I think as we were approaching the colder weather, I think I saw someone might have mentioned it in the chat, so I might be getting ahead of the the questions in there. But the the, the Fury and Sun Scotch Ale is pretty much the go-to for, for winter. And if one, if ever, if anyone's asking for long, hot days in the lead up to summer, we get the equal amount of questions at this time of year for our Scotch Ale. And yeah. yeah, it's, it's definitely coming. It's, that's an absolute cracking beer. And um, yeah, we tend to make sure we always do that, uh, that every, every year. Amazing. Which is uh, also vastly different to this as well. It's so we can't yeah. exactly yeah. copy, copy it and call it, you know, long hot scotch or something like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, very, very different. There aren't many breweries here in Australia that do a scotch ale, and I know we're not drinking it at the moment. How's that? How's that perceived? Like, how's it a sell? Is it a massive seller for you? Uh, yes. Yeah, it is. And I think it's purely because you're right. No, it isn't a particularly well-covered beer by Australian breweries. And, um, I mean, it's a bit of a shame because it is, like, especially in Melbourne. Like, I can't think of a better beer for, for winter. Um, your, your Scotch Ale was probably the first beer I ever had from you guys. And it's always the go-to now. Like, come winter, it's pretty much always in the fridge was it was it a hit straight away or was it just a slow incline it was just one of those ones that was just consistent you know it, it's been each year that the, the sales are always so consistent on it that it was almost a, it's always been just a no-brainer to, to sort of do that and last year we went ahead with it because again the constant the constant asking for it um it's it's definitely definitely one that I think we're probably the most known for. Um, but I, whether it ever became a, a core range beer and went all year round, I don't know. That's an interesting one. I, I feel like Scotch, Scotch. I mean, uh, this where we are and ours all chatting, we're probably all like, yeah, let's have a Scotch ale all day, every day. But there is a bit of a, a, a seasonal window for it. 
um, that's still that still sort of keeps it to where it is. I think it keeps that interest, you know. Yeah. I've, I've been pushing to have it on the uh, on the regular rotation available all year round, but that's just because I love it. There you go. <laughs> and that's going to. I'm, I'm going to be. Good. I'm in a. I'm in a naughty mood tonight. I'm in a naughty mood. So you're pushing for it. So how do these discussions take place? And and how is it that you know you and Blake seem to be a, a guess of one mind on that, but clearly someone else is um is making the big decisions. It's not you two. Well, Who else is around? No, the no, definitely, definitely not us two. Definitely not us two making the decisions. But we do. We we are a democratic brewery. Um, we we tend to all all voices are heard, um, but all, all decisions are made by Andrew, uh, not Andrew Young, but Andrew Giorgio, the son of Fury and Son. Um, he tends to to be the one to make all the all the decisions with regards to what gets made because um, he well, he's the one who who knows his father the best. So we definitely <laughs> don't want to get Reno offside by brewing something subpar. So. <laughs> So he's yeah, definitely all yeah, everything's cool. every decision is uh, made through that filter. That that's a good segue into my next question, guys. Can you give us a little bit of more of a history of the brewery? Like, you know, we know it's Fury and Sons. Tell us how that all came about. Well, still independent, which is nice to hear in this day and age. That's a good thing. Uh, to hear. Very, very good thing to hear. Um, it, it's a father-son brewery as well, um, Andrew and Reno. Uh, yeah, they've been brewing beers for several years and just on the side as a hobby. And um, I think Andrew wanted to get out of doing his, his previous job. He was a, he's a pharmacist. And I think making the transition over into brewing was a lot more ideal than, than dealing with um, pharmacy work. So it, that just became their, their, their goal was to, to work together and get a solid place to make really consistent and tasty beers. That's an interesting thing that you say he was a pharmacist because we always have like the science discussion in the core room and stuff. So in relation to brewing and science, they go hand in hand. So having, being a pharmacist and then becoming a brewer, yeah, it's in my head. That makes complete logical sense. Yeah, I think you appreciate the chemistry of it all, and just but you get something a lot more fun out of at the end of it, um, as opposed as opposed to paracetamol. So uh, it's a bit of a winner. <laughs> There's, and I know we're, we're I know we're talking about them, and they're not here. How do you like? Has is there tension? Is there, does, does it, you know, dad and son get into it on occasions and. I'm not in the brewery as much as Jan. I'm obviously always on the road. So I, I think I've I've met Reno in person about four times. Um, and each time there's just this air of respect every time he comes in. Um, definitely as in the he man, respects you I, or you respect yeah. him? No, us <laughs> respecting him, of course. Um, yeah, respect from us towards towards the man who holds the uh, the title of the Fury. So that's um, it. That's, 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 that's I think it's going towards him. It's important to say, isn't it? That's not his surname or anything. No, he, he's, no. he's called Fury by people who know him. That's his. That's his nickname from his son. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a family nickname that that's now. And emblazed in our brewery's name, which is is kind of a bit of a charming story, I think, for the for the small father son duo, who are yeah just having a crack at it. 
Have um, Have you guys ever seen the Fury come out? No, I haven't seen it come. I haven't seen it come out, but I think I've seen and um Andrew on the phone whilst the Fury is coming out. <laughs> down you've, it. you've you've um, heard the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell there's a there's a a, a, a Reno conversation going on when um. Andrew gets up and, and has to leave the room whilst it goes on and he starts pacing around upstairs. So he, uh, I, I haven't heard it firsthand, but I've, I've certainly witnessed the reaction from it. I think and that's why we all respect, we all are careful to respect him. Well, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> fair call too. Like that makes perfect sense. Um, how many, how many people work at the brewery? Oh, um, so we've got um, the two two sales guys, Blake and Blake and Glenn. Uh, a- Andrew is on site every day. So Andrew Georgia is uh, is is on site every, every day. Uh, we don't see much of of Reno, uh, although it's getting closer and closer to the time that he retires. And I think if he if he ends up retiring from his his day to day job, we'll be seeing a great deal more of him. <laughs> <laughs> And you're and you're all good with that, aren't you? There's no dramas of there. Course, Most definitely. Because Reno will listen into this. He's he's asked me to send him a, a copy before you release it. Oh God. Well, we've got to go back and edit some of that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he is it fair to say that he's not a podcast listener, the old Reno? Well, I'd be surprised oh. if he uh, if if he was logging logging on and and watching as as we speak. Um to, to that that matter, I'd be surprised if Andrew was logging on and, and watching. Yeah, I'd be very surprised by that too. So, <laughs> I think they're two peas in a pod. Very much so. Very, very much so. Uh, and then, uh, sorry, back to your initial question. Uh, there's myself and Elwyn. Um, Elwyn's our other brewer. Uh, That's six. We've, uh, <laughs> we, we tend to have a, a delivery driver that will go out two days a week as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fairly small small operation, um, but yeah, we we still managed to put out a, a, a pretty decent whack of beer, um, con- considering the size of the operation. Yeah, it also allows. I've, I've probably the first place I've worked where you we've had the most open discussion about what we plan to make what we want to do, and Andrew's really good at hearing from all of us and no stone is unturned with us we all we all get to sort of put through our ideas and and see what we want to do which is um again i think that's a factor of that's an element of an independent brewery but it's certainly an element of the the tight-knit group that we've got can can i jump in Uh, travis i can see you're you're going with the next couple of but but given that they're not going to be listening to this ever uh, I want to ask a, a slightly off-topic question, but it's one of our favourite topics, which is about can design and can art, which you know we we love. And you guys have got a very distinctive sort of core range can art look. But with the long hot days, it's clearly a very different look. The the fury and sun set off to the side, tiny, if I might say, logo uh, compared to a, what is clearly a, a different kind of look for the can overall. Um, can you guys and probably Blake especially, you know, describe why those the first two cans we've had look quite different to the can art? Uh, we well, the the long hot days can art was sort of uh, uh, this is a, a holdover and how you know that this is the third iteration of this beer. 
Um, this is because it was designed so long ago before the redesign of the core range and sort of bringing everything into a similar um, aesthetic. Back um, when hypercolor so... was still a thing, I think. I exactly, was in... exactly. I think I was in primary school. <laughs> it, may have, it may have even gone into can before any of the core range. Um, You're right. Oh. So I it's, think it was, it's, yeah, uh, the first one. It, it, it's a throwback to, to one of the previous head brewers. Um, and it, yeah, I, I may need to be corrected on that, but I, I have a feeling that it, it was put into can before um, before the rest of the core range sort of made that tran- that transition. And I think the yeah. reason that we've kept with the design is that it's it's kind of synonymous now with the long hot days, and everyone likes to see that tie dye pink and teal color up on the tap and everything like that they, they sort of know what they're getting into um but yeah we have sort of shifted our overall design aesthetic nowadays though nice nice um everyone in the zoom room remember that uh put your questions in and we will get to them uh we are probably going to take a quick break really soon but i'm curious uh just what we were talking about before in relation to your small team uh has anything ever been squashed? Have you guys ever come up with an idea and Fury and Son have gone, <laughs> nah, not into it? Um, oh, there's been many, I think, and many and many. But they generally all come from the other sales rep, Glenn. Um, he, tends to, <laughs> he tends to throw out a lot of the ideas that get squashed. He did I get- like how Blake's just thrown the other sale. Yeah, yeah, he's here, so I can say that. I, I, I think it's pretty accurate, though. I'd back him up on that one. Yeah. Well, he, last year, he did get one through. He, he was the big one behind our um, peanut butter and jam milk stout oh. last year, which got a lot of feet. Like, it was the first one I saw where Andrew was like, all right, Glenn, fine. We'll do your idea. We'll do it. And um, I think to to his chagrin, it, it turned out being quite a popular one for us last winter, mm. <laughs> but not popular with the brewers. So I don't I don't I don't know if uh, it'll it'll make a big return. Uh, I was thankfully before my time, so you know, <laughs> stuffing my way through that one. And is his old mate Glenn likely to listen to this, or can we just leave all? I don't have to edit any of that. No, you don't need any of that out. It'll, Glenn, Glenn can live with that for he, sure. He can he can hear all that anyway. Yeah. So, so don't worry, I've given him a compliment there. He'll be chuffed that way that we talk about the peanut butter and jam that's down. So, Blake, I feel like you deflected that. What was the last thing you suggested that didn't last, get up? Well, I've like I said, I've I'm the big uh a big IPA man. Um, I know about my one's been probably 12 months of having black IPA knocked back. Um, but you know, we'll 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 get it across the board. Um Eventually, that's the thing about me though is mine gets knocked back, but I'm stubborn, so I'll just keep suggesting it. Um, <laughs> I feel like after you've mentioned Black IPA in the call room as many times as you have tonight, it's got to get up, yeah. Like it will, it will. This has always been my ploy is to I'll get the the listeners of the call room to start a hashtag, and then uh, and then we'll get ourselves our, our Black IPA. I haven't mentioned it to the rest of the crew, but I do plan to call it the Blake IPA. So it'll um, hopefully we can get that across the board with our designers and everything as well. <laughs> I feel a petition coming on, Blake. Mm. Thank you very much. 
I'd, I'd suggest we play a drinking game every time he mentions black IPA, have a drink, but I'd, we might not end up with anyone conscious. Let's of it. Do the more. That's, we'll just out a, of ease. that's just Especially a regular not Thursday night, night Andy. Double IPA. That's it. That's it. Um, before we, we're going to move on to having a break. I'm going to ask our traditional cool room question, but before we do, you guys have started to produce some gluten-free beers. Yeah. Um, where did the idea come from? And give us a bit of an insight into that whole process. Well, that 100% came from, funnily enough, you're going to throw them under the, not under the bus this time, but uh, that, this was a, a definitely a heavy Glenn suggestion. Um, Glenn, I, do, I do have to jump in quickly and just say it's gluten reduced. So we can't. Of course. Of course. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that was right. probably my fault, I've got to say. I think I oh, no, That's okay. That's it. okay. Um, but yeah, de- definitely gluten, gluten reduced. Sorry, I'll throw it throw back to you, Blake. Well, and oh, also, no, can no, I just that's check? Illegal, that's a legal disclaimer there. When, when you uh, say. When you say heavy Glenn suggestion, are you saying it was a heavy suggestion from Glenn or a suggestion <laughs> from heavy Glenn? <laughs> no, no, no. It was a heavy suggestion from Glenn. Um, he's, he has a gluten intolerancy. So he, with, he'd been with the company for six years and then in the last 18 months had to stop drinking all the beers. And you know, as a sales rep, we get a good amount of free beers over the over our working time. So it was probably becoming a bit of a, a bit of a downer. So I think he sort of um, did a bit of research in using Brewers Clarics and everything like that, and um, yeah, pitched the idea to to Yanton and the, the um, Alan, our other brewer, um, and yeah, just seeing if it was something to to get across the line to make it gluten reduced. And how's the market response been on? It's been good. It's not a key factor. Um, we don't lead with it too much because of the nature of saying gluten reduced. People tend to, I mean, exhibit A right here, people tend to jump and say it's gluten free. Um, but when we test it, there's 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 nary a, a gluten in sight. So it's um it is it is pretty good with how it how it does the job. Um but yeah, market-wise, it, I think people just like having another option, you know. And and people that do have a gluten intolerance or a celiacs or anything like that, they're savvy enough to know the difference between what gluten-free, gluten-reduced is. And I think yeah. those kind of people are probably going to be able to make a very informed choice. Um, and that's just what we're about is is giving them giving that in, information and, and making sure that they they know they're choosing with confidence. So which of the beers are, I can't, I don't want to say gluten-free. I want to say, what did you say, Andy? What did you say it was? Gluten-reduced. Gluten-reduced. So we've been, we've been putting Clarex in, in everything since um, pretty much since I started. Um, So I I think I've might have seen one or two batches go through and then we, we started getting Clarex into, to use. Uh, So just a bit of a backstory of, of Clarex. It, it had been used as a sort of a clarifying agent, so it would make clearer beers. But one of the um, the side effects of that was that it was uh, actually breaking down the um, the gluten in in the beers. Um, so we, we've been using it since uh, since I came on board, and sending everything off to get tested. Um, and yeah, as as Blake said, we've we've sort of had a good 
good results from um, from pretty much all of the all of the beers that we've sent out to to test. Um, it, it can be a little bit tricky when you come to sort of the hazier beers because they are sort of yeah. more, more glutinous. Um, but and, and that's that's why we we could only ever claim that we're gluten reduced um, because to be officially gluten free in Australia, you need to have a product that has no gluten products in in the making of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, do you, the, the, do you guys, the, do you think you get to that point where you can? get to a point where you release a beer that is gluten-free? Uh, not, not with our brew house, um, yeah. because you, you need to use different grains. Different grains behave differently. Um, yeah. Well, contamination's a big issue. You'd need well. different, yeah. um, diff, diff, different equipment to be able to process um, the, the, that, that type of grain. Typically, they, they sort of huskless or less husks, and, and you can't, you can't, physically make it make a beer or through a typical sort of mash lauder um awesome stuff um we are gonna move on to our traditional cool room question i feel like particularly if my dog stopped barking in the background so well you know babies crying dogs barking it's the cool room david it's it is <laughs> Not, normally um, normally i'm more disciplined or they're more disciplined than that so that's my bad as long as the chairman's not sitting on your shoulder, meowing into the microphone, you'll be fine. Um, guys, we are the cool room. What is the craziest, funnest experience you have both had in a cool room? And it doesn't have to be that you've had that experience together in a cool room. It can be that you've had it separately in a cool room. Oof. So I think Blake may have answered this last Blake time. Blake may have it? answered this question. I I yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm like, I'm fairly certain I've told this story. Um, I A dodgy cider keg that exploded. I, I was working oh, in a chorus. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There we go, Travis. There you we love our um, explosions. Yeah, it was a dodge, it had a dodgy seal and was and hooking it up and went to pull pull the handle out, the 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 tap connector, and just took the entire connection out and face full of cider as this 50-liter keg just gushed everywhere. Um, and unfortunately it was my job to clean it up. So it was an experience, whether or not you say it was the best experience, it's certainly one that stuck <laughs> with me. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, I got free cider at the time, so that's that's a bonus. It's uh, myself being in production. I, I, there's there's not that often that I'll be stepping foot into into cool rooms, um, but I've I've definitely experienced a few uh, a few interesting stuck mashes in in my time. Uh, and the, so, the so what does that mean? Because you know there are people who on the podcast who know exactly what that will mean, but there's new people who come in every time. What's a stuck mash? So stuck mash is when you can't physically get any liquid out of your mash tun. So all of all of those fun fun sort of glutinous particles just mesh together um, and become one big gloopy mess. Uh, mm. And if you can't drain drain the liquid out, um, you end up with the best part of in in my circumstance about six or seven hundred kilos of something the consistency of uncooked porridge um, and and then to drain that drain it through a uh, a small sort of half a meter uh, hole hole in the bottom of your mash tun uh, once once you get it freed up it doesn't stop coming 
and I've seen a seen a couple of brewery floors that have uh, have, have been yeah, just covered in covered in muck and and uh, yeah, they're, they're, that's usually usually good fun trying to clean clean all that up again. Um, so not 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 quite the uh, getting covered in cider, um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I've, I've I've definitely seen a few few messes in my time. A big gloopy Which mess. Is, I'd like. I'd like to say is not going to be the title of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> my autobiography would be far more offensively named than that. So don't worry about that. To, to be fair, it, it is one of one of those extra things that makes me like like hazy beers less and less because uh, <laughs> it, it, it has typically happened on uh, on those instances. Yeah, that's an. Before we take a break, you just does that mean you're over the hazy train, Andrew? I never got on board with it. <laughs> this is this is Travis's. Oh my god! I feel like I met my new best friend over here. Like... <laughs> this is Travis's thing recently. You know, go, everyone go to Travis's Facebook. And... No, I, and I said I got off the hazy train. I, I was I was very much on the hazy train, and I got to a stop, and I got off it. Yeah. That's okay, yeah. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew was never on that. Right. He never got on it. Like yeah. <laughs> the um, yeah, I, lots lots of haze, lots of juice, very little IBUs doesn't doesn't really ring true with me, and that, that's why one of the first when I moved to Fury and Sun, I was trying to get away from that. One of the first beers <laughs> they they got me to design was was our hazy IPA. Oh, <laughs> controversy <laughs> corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, it just meant that I, I chucked hops in it and made it made it a little bit more bitter. Uh, tried to design one that I that I was actually going to enjoy drinking, and and I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. It was it was uh, quite a quite a good drop. Uh, whether whether that gets a rerun next next summer, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Do you guys feel like the hazy train's gonna like the bubble's gonna burst on hazies? Are we are we close to that point, or is it just gonna keep going? I think people are bored of it. Uh, personally, I think um, uh, tra- more traditional styles is the ones that people are keen to jump on. I think I'm getting ahead of ourselves because we've got the double IPA a little bit later on, but the excitement that I've seen from people going just just a double IPA, just nothing, no haziness, no extra extra little caveat, just a, just a straight double IPA, and you're like yes, and they're like well. If I'll be damned, I haven't seen this in an age, and it's um I I think that's probably what people are, are wanting to see more of. And I, I mean, it was before I think we started recording, but Warren mentioned our Pilsner as well. It's another one mm. of those ones that traditional style that um is still persists. Uh, hazies will come and go, but you know Pilsners will last forever. <clears throat> well, on that note, and I must say, after what are we on? One hundred and twenty-five episodes. You guys are my favorite guests. <laughs> and now is a good time to take a break. And while we take a little break in the online Zoom room uh, for people to grab some beers out of their fridges, good opportunity for me just to chime back in with a reminder that we've got some great live events coming up, both ourselves and some friends, uh, both at the Flemington and Kensington Bowls Club, which is one of our homes away from home. All cool rumours are invited to come and join us on the morning of Sunday, April the 3rd, uh, from about 10am, where we'll be having WrestleMania and craft beer at the Bowls Club. Uh, Nothing too serious, and you certainly don't need to be a wrestling expert, just a good opportunity to get together for some silliness and hijinks and to enjoy some of the great craft beers that are on tap at the Bowls Club. 
Uh, and also at the Bowls Club, an old friend of the podcast, Anna Brennan. Uh, she was on a couple of years ago when we were supposed to be having her come and play the Melbourne Comedy Festival at the Royal Mail Hotel. Uh, because of COVID, that didn't work out, but she's finally bringing her shows to Melbourne for the Comedy Festival, and they also are going to be at the Flem Ken Bowls Club. Uh, you can learn more about those at the Comedy Festival webpage. Um, okay, we're going to get back and continue the tasting with Fury and Son. Um, just a reminder that if you haven't already subscribed uh, to the podcast and liked and reviewed it, it's a really big help for us. So while you're listening, why not take the moment to do that as well? Okay, back to the podcast. Tour of the IPA to start off with. Well, of the ones we've had so far, um, this is our, our core range. So this is all year round. This is one that we stamp our flag into as this is a a good representation of Fury and Son. Um, And it's to give you a good idea of what we can do. And um, a a good classic West Coast IPA, one might say. Um, But something malty and and bitter um, that really, really, I think, highlights the style quite well. and yeah, I mean, with regards to how it's being brewed, it's it's the same recipe from from always. But have there been any changes, Yanton? Perhaps before I get Andrew to answer that question, again, this is one of those things where we we speak about what a what a West Coast IPA is. Lots of people in the room get it and know what we're talking about, but there are listeners who are getting into craft beer for the first time. What makes a West Coast style different to the average IPA you might come across? Well, it's it's definitely the bitterness. Um, the hops hops are at the forefront in a West Coast IPA. It's they're generally clean uh, to look at. They they you nice clear look. No, not a not a an area of haziness inside. Um, the 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 bitterness is the big factor though. West Coast. When we when we say West Coast as well, we're referring to the West Coast of America. Um, where it was popularised through Oregon and places like that. California. Good answer. Thank you. That's exactly what we want to hear. But it's important to set that kind of context because we've just come out of a conversation about New England, sort of East Coast style, um, and the controversy around that. Trust me, I pressed pause on the recording before that controversy <laughs> fully broke out. West Coast, probably 10 years ago, was was the shtick. Uh, and it's coming back again, I reckon. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's, it's, I mean, I, I, I love a big, big, bold beer myself. I, I like the bitterness. That's my favorite aspect of, of, of having a drink. And I'm, uh, it's nice to see. I mean, it's, it's fantastic having a good one in the core range. That's very popular. Um, personally, I, I, this one sells really, really well. Um, to big shout out to Ties Hill Sellers in Newcastle, uh, been cool. for our New South Wales listeners. Um, that the IPA there is, um, it goes absolutely gangbusters, and and they they tend to to be supplying that that Newcastle area in New South Wales quite well um, with the the numbers that go up there. It's um it's good to see, and it's nice that people are still drinking just a good old classic. 
Now, and you were throwing to Andrew there. You, you were going to ask him some very pertinent questions, and I got in the way. So no, you're fine. I was just going to say, I, the, the, although this has been one well and truly before our time as being part of the brewery, I'm fairly certain it hasn't been changed, has it, Gun? Or is it, do, you, do you get to give no, your own no, spin it's, to it? It's, it's stayed fairly true to to at least for the last few years um, to what that what that recipe started as. Uh, minor tweaks here, here and there. Um, it, it does have a little bit of crystal malt in it. Um, we sort of, sort of switched from having a medium crystal back to a light crystal. Just, I, th- I think a lot of um, a lot of people's tastes are leading back towards um, sort of away from that English influence of, of having having sort of quite quite chewy chewy malt characteristics. Um, just to lighten it all up and, and make make the the hops sort of pop pop that bit bit more. And um, when you're talking I, about, I've got to say our IPA is is my go-to. Um, if I, if I had a, a choice of, of any of our core, uh, generally I'd be going straight to the IPA. And and so when you talk about hops popping, which hops are popping in this one? <laughs> uh, we've, there's there's a few that go into it. Uh, predominantly. Um, Centennial and Simcoe. Uh, it does have a little bit of Mochueka in the dry hop as well. Um, so pretty, pretty much those those three that um, that is what what's giving it that that character. I don't want to ask both of you, but Andrew, I'll start with you. Favorite hops, not in terms of this beer, but just like you know, hops you love working with that you always enjoy seeing what you can get out of. Do you, do you have some favorites? I've I've actually been loving. My time at Fury for for the fact that that uh, I've got a bit of freedom to to try some of the the less used hops out there. Um, I mean, you, you've sort of come across Centennial, Mosaic, Simcoe, all, all the all the big names. Um, well, one that's gone into a couple of beers that I've I've really loved is Eclipse of late. Um, that's 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 worked really well. Uh, we've we've been sort of playing around with a bit of El Dorado. Um, I'm I'm just hanging out to get uh, to to get my beer across the line, which is um, a couple of the Styrian hops, Styrian Styrian uh, Styrian Wolf and Styrian Dragon are, uh, are are the ones that I'm I'm hanging hanging out to try out. Uh, they'll be uh, I I've got to get those ones past the keeper first. Um, but, uh... <laughs> now, now normally I do this thing where I pretend that I'm talking on behalf of the uh, people who don't understand all of these terminology. So let me pretend, let me let us pretend that I know exactly what you're talking about. But I'm going to ask for our newer listeners who may not be familiar with the hops that you're describing. Uh, can you give us a bit more information about those, please? Uh, in terms of the Styrian ones, well, it's, it's just the region that they come out of. So they're a European hop. Um, and it's it's something that I that I haven't used before and I, I really want to. Um, so I, I, I believe the... Um, the Styrian Wolf, I think, is got a little bit more of the sort of fruity characteristics, uh, and and the the Dragon, I think, is a bit more sort of spicy and, and floral. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll it'll go very nicely in a in a Baltic porter that's uh, similar similar with uh, with Blake's Black IPA. I'll that's uh, uh, on my to do list. <laughs> that's beautifully described. That matches my understanding of them perfectly. So thank you just for bearing with our newer listeners on that front. Blake, how about yourself? Favorite I'm, hops? I'm a cliche. I'm I'm a dead set. I'm a dead set cliche. I I'm a I like a cascade hop. 
um, something nice for a base pale ale. Um, I've always been a big fan of of, of the uh, the Cascade, but if I was to go a little bit more, something a little bit different, I, I like a Chinook as well um, to to go a bit different. I back we're talking years ago. Um, I made a kettle, kettle a um. An, an IPA back in the day with, with using Chinook and it was really interesting. Um, really, really interesting. So quality, quality flavorful. Like a, a passion fruit coming through is a big one that I like out of pops. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a, a sucker for that, that bitterness with the fruit aspect. Now, so this is perfectly uh, segued, my friend. We've, we've sort of buried a bit of our long history together uh in in our conversation tonight but you you have a range of skills home brewing, <laughs> brewing is very much one of them yeah i haven't had to i haven't had to use them for a while david um yeah i i, I have dabbled in a bit of bit of home brewing and a bit of um yeah a bit of small small batch brewing back in the day i used to work at a u brew it and during the days the daytime when it, uh, it'd be a bit quiet, I'd, that was when I'd, I'd be ordering in different ingredients and having a crack at making some experimental stuff on the equipment whilst I could. So, um, and I, I, I obviously you've had a few of my my brews from back in the day. I absolutely um, have, because yeah, that which coincided exciting. with the time when you were doing comedy festival shows. I'm going to ask you a bit about your history in that, but I've, I've really got to do a, a a bit of a hard plug for a a mate of the podcast, Anna Brennan. Uh, who's going to be doing a comedy festival show at the Flemken Bowls Club. Two and a half years or so ago, Anna was booked to come and perform at the Royal Mail. And so she came onto the podcast. Go back and check that out. Uh, and of course, due to COVID, that never happened. And due to the fact that obviously I don't run the Royal Mail anymore, uh, she can't come down there, but she's going to be at the Flemken Bowls Club I think the first time they've ever done comedy show, comedy festival shows there. When I say I think, like I am 100% uh, confident that they have never done comedy festival <laughs> shows there uh, before. But it's it, a really fun night. She's a, a really top fun person. Go back and check out the podcast if you like. But uh, give her a hand, but also give the Bowls Club a hand as they try and do something a bit different and a bit fun to make that space used um during autumn and winter um didn't mean to sort of plug that too too hard but Blake yourself you've got that sort of you've done things like that are we looking forward to anything from you comedy festival wise this year round or? not this year I'm, I'm no. actually, I'll just jump jump in as soon as you've thrown to his comedy he's put the spotlight on himself <laughs> I was slowly disappearing like did too. This year, and I was <laughs> like exactly what happened making sure you uh make sure you see the face um no i i haven't covid covid has put a bit of a put a bit of a downer in any any side projects at the moment um but i'll be i'll be keen to there's a lot of shows i'm i'm keen to get down to to see um this year and and i i think for the full time comedians i was definitely a part time comedian myself doing it on the side but um the full time comedians after the past 2 years um, I know that they're going to be they're going to be very very keen, and I've got some mates who are doing shows. And um, feel free to plug them. I've just done my bit. Well, if if the one that I'll plug the most, I've I've known him since uni days. Is is a good mate. Is um, Stuart Dorman. Uh, he has a show called Ha Ha, 
on it uh, on at the comedy festival um he's playing at melbourne town hall um if you like irreverent ridiculous dada style comedy um he's definitely one to jump on uh real a really really good guy and um yeah definitely need to support these people i think who haven't had the most support during the 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 pandemic so it's it's good that we can all get together and and see these people make us laugh Absolutely right. Uh, obviously, so, Kappa's a mate of mine and, and mate of the podcast uh, in particular, so we're looking forward to getting along to that. Um, let's take that as a good opportunity to open the double IPA and let's have these ones alongside each other. And um, hopefully people are now going to start to type their questions for the audience Q&A uh, in, but I'm going to snaffle Corey's one, which I think is really sensible, which is... Uh, He's asking about the beer that we've just had. Why is it branded as an IPA, not a West Coast IPA, given that it's like so solidly in that West Coast IPA category in a, in a great way? Um, I think, to be honest, I think with, with Fury and some of the, with the core range, everything's made to be kept. I don't want to say basic, but less dance to it you know like i think if you if you throw west coast ipa a a a layman person who's just coming in wanting to try something they're going to go well i i I don't really feel like something like that i'm just looking for an ipa in general um and i i feel like that can be a bit of a you you sort of block yourself out of a market if you put too many too many caveats to a title so I i think going with just IPA. i mean back in the day this is what an ipa was um, there, there wasn't any other need to to sort of separate it with different different qualifiers or anything like that. So I think keeping that clean and just nope, this is what we think an IPA is, um, is is really sort of what we're going for. Great. I, I blame I blame neighbors. I blame neighbors <laughs> for for the having to having to classify everything. It's it's an IPA. It's neighbors coming along with their murky murkiness and uh, and haziness. All of a sudden, you have to say, "Oh no, this is from the West Coast. Um, this this is this is what a, an IPA used to be like." But murkiness is that going to be the name of the next? You know, <laughs> new, 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 murky IPA. <laughs> Uh, as as long as I as long as I am there, there will be no neepers coming out of your end. <laughs> I don't think you'll get too many of suggesting it. I don't think. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think everyone's on the on the same wavelength with that one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one thing you can say. We all sort of share it, Fury and Son. Hmm. Let's let's have these two beers next to each other, and maybe Andrew, you can kick us off with a little bit of a convert, you know, a little bit of a guided tour of this double IPA. And compare and contrast, because hopefully everyone's got both beers next to each other. Uh, so the the double, obviously, um, just takes it to that ne- next level in terms of alcohol, um, maltiness. You, you've got to ramp up the the hops just to cover cover that extra extra malt profiles that uh, that you have to have. Otherwise, otherwise the booze comes through and sort of takes over everything. Um, one one thing we did do with this rendition was um, was just bring it bring it back on the ABV slightly. Um, so previously it had been up around the eight and a half nine percent mark. Uh, we we pulled wow. that back closer to sort of eight percent. 
we we don't want to get everyone drunk too quickly. Um, and and I, I think just in terms of balance, uh, I've, I've, I'm loving how how this one has come out. Um, that that sort of the 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 balance we've we've got between that malt and hops. Um, I, I I drink it. I, I I don't I don't find it too boozy. Uh, at least not until I've had a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> they have been dangerous knockoff beers at the end of the day. I will say that. Um, I'm I'm with I'm with Yarton as well. Like it's it's so balanced and really 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 flavorful bitterness it's it's yeah i i the perfect interpretation of a double ipa and if i don't mind saying so myself i'm probably biased but yeah (laughs) and not necessarily west coast style compared to the to the previous beer is it the same hops can you just talk us through which hops are in there which aren't and how they express themselves similar hops um the original recipe also also had simcoe fairly prominent uh Due, due to availability, we couldn't we couldn't get our hands on Simcoe, but we uh, we went for the cryo option, which is just a, a, another another type of hop, um, more more sort of intense flavors. You have to use less of it with the um, to to get a similar similar effect of of your typical hop palettes. Uh, we also did play around a little bit. I, I, I threw a little bit of El Dorado in with this one as well. Um, just to get um, a, a bit more of, of sort of depth to the to the hop flavors and and, and sort of profiles of it, um, and yeah, I, I, I reckon it's it's come out. I, I, yeah, if I went had my time over, I, I, I don't think I'd change anything. So is is this the recipe that's going to be locked down, or do you think? The beers like this always have to change a little bit along the way. I, I think to a certain extent they, they do need to change from time to time. Another thing we did play around a little bit with this one was uh, was yeast. Um, typically it had been fermented with USO5. Uh, this one has retained a, a bit of sort of haziness from the fact that we use verdant yeast, uh, which is typically a... Um, used for your sort of hazy hazy beers in, in the sense that it throws out a few sort of fruity fruity esters and things like that um both myself and, and elwin our the brewer um wanted wanted to play around a little bit and, and see how it how it affected and, and how it went in a, a double ipa and and i i, I definitely i definitely wouldn't uh, wouldn't be averse to using verdant yeast in um in this situation again now as we often say uh People who join us live in the Zoom room get to type their questions and often even get to ask their questions directly to the brewers and reps. Here is your chance, my friends. Type your questions in and uh, we will unmute you and you can ask your questions direct. Uh, It's one of the best bits about getting the monthly subscription pack. It's one of the best bits about being in the Zoom room on a Thursday night. We love the fact you guys are listening on the podcasts. We really hope that you rate and review them and subscribe because that's the kind of thing that breweries look at when they decide if they come on the show or not. Um, but Dave Croft has just typed a question. Crofty, I'm going to go to you first, uh, and then we've probably got time for two or three more. But Crofty, you and your somewhat terrible audio, uh, which I can see you're doing your best to fix right now, which is why I'm filling in, uh, and will continue to fill in until those little earbuds are in your ears. 
Crofty, you're ready to go. Can you ask your question, my friend? Okay, hopefully I'm coming across. Um, uh, we were talking about uh, your your love of hazies earlier, uh, Andrew. I was uh, wondering how you feel about uh, stouts in February and uh, your big uh, summer stout drinker. Or? Uh, stouts, stouts are year round, aren't they? Surely, surely it doesn't. You you don't you don't need a specific month to drink a stout. Very correct answer. <laughs> so there's a real mix of thumbs up and thumbs down. I've got to say in the Zoom room, that's uh, I, a bit of a. a I think it's mainly shot. thumbs up though. There, there's lots of thumbs up. I refuse to comment on this. I have no idea what any of you are talking about. <laughs> I back it up. I back it up. I actually um put one of the of our imperial stouts from last year in the fridge for my knockoff beer for tomorrow. I know I'm not quite in February anymore, but um I'm I'm definitely keen for a, for a Friday night imperial stout so um yeah stouts i'm, I'm in, all year round like really, stouts, stouts in march are fine yeah like, oh yeah totally. there's no issue with the stout totally. in how march. many stouts yeah, did yeah. you have in 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 february blake like just out of interest was it, was <laughs> it a regular thing that you drank a stout uh well i um I'll, I'll put my marketing hat on and the, not my marketing the sales hat on um i we had the chocolate and chili stout on tap at the Beast in Brunswick East um, during February, and I—that's a local pub of mine—and I was in there drinking it on tap. So I was definitely uh, partaking on some stouts in February, mm. yeah. a and a chili stout of all of them. And I, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's yeah, probably a really good little segue to sort of ask <laughs> whereabouts do we find you guys? Mm physically you know both in terms of the tap room but in other places around melbourne and the world blake can you talk us through uh, that i'm in brunswick east so you're not real... you personally more the beer oh, i mean beer. exciting as finding you is i mean no 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 so feel I mean... free. if you want to see blake just hang out <laughs> no, no. Eventually walk out. <laughs> I, so I was gonna go what i was what i mean is um because i'm in brunswick east we tend to be do a lot of business in ah, Brunswick right. East, so there's there's quite a few around uh, around here in Northside. Um, I because I live up this way, and Glenn services up here, but we tend to juggle a couple of venues because I just happen to drink at them a lot. Um, so if you if you're keen to have a fury and some beer on tap, um, the West is our homeland. Um, we're obviously situated out in the West, so. We do massive numbers out that way, and and we tend to be all over the place. But um, yeah, a lot of good, lot of good pubs and stuff up north side. You can find us, and we're making dints um down down south, the southeast, the the hardest territory, uh, you know, um, historically. But we 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 tend to be be out and about there. Grape and grain will be where we're doing a trivia night at Grape and Grain in Moorabbin. Uh, from this Tuesday, actually. So our pale ale will be on tap for the month. Um, so you can get down there and, and have have our pale ale. I really so do I, my best to get this edited out in time. Yeah. It's almost certainly not going to happen, but I will do my best. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're doing it for the month. So it, it could be any Tuesday within the month. So <laughs> before we before we throw to the next question, I'm just on that. You, you mentioned that you're, you're West-based and all that. How far outside of you know, your core environment. Like, what's the furthest away that people can find your beers? Um, of what I look after, I, I, I think having good customers up in New South Wales has been 
really, really interesting. And having um, the the Ties Hill, I mentioned them earlier, Ties Hill Salas. So, like, that's that's as far north. We, Queensland's been a slow one for us um, to get up there. But when you're doing everything virtually, it's it's a lot harder. So, um, I, I think give us more time and, and our, the Queensland listeners will we'll get a chance to, to drink our, our wares as well. Amazing. We are going to throw to Jenna, who has a question. Uh, Jenna, if you unmute yourself, fire away. So in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that you guys have some barrel-aged farmhouses coming out. And I was just wondering, do you have another one coming out soon? And how long have you been dabbling in the barrel age program game? They've been dabbling a little while. Um, there's been a few releases uh, come out over over the past, I'd say up to two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, we currently have a Saison in barrels as we speak. Just how long it'll take to come out. That's entirely up to the barrels and the beer, um, but we've got a couple of a couple of things in 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 the pipelines. Um, and as I say, we've 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 got a dozen a dozen barrels back at the brewery that uh, that are just aging, and and we'll see we'll see how um, how long it takes before we can get uh, get them into can and and out to out to everyone who's enjoying them. Because um, yeah, the the last couple particularly, I've I've, I've loved. Um, yeah, that fajola, that fajola. The nice. fajola yeah. was amazing, and yeah. the nectarine was amazing as well. Yeah, so we've um, we've gone back into those barrels again, um, again, fer- fermenting alongside um, Britannomyces to give it give it a bit of funk. Uh, and and yeah, we, we we do have do have a couple of projects in the in the pipeline. Um, but and it's um, after eight o'clock. You can give us the scoop now. Give us the scoop. Well, the, the, the problem is they, they take so bloody long. It's not like it's not like brewing in stainless. It's in in one week and out a few weeks later. Um, yeah, but you know these, whether you put a gumboot or some nectarines in. What's what's in there? Uh, oh, how you're how not going to go there, are you? How much can I let slip, slip, Blake? I keep, 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 keep it under the hat for now, but I'd, I'd say oh. keep an, oh, keep an eye. We've given, we've given a lot of scoops. We've given a lot of scoops. That is true. You, you have, you <laughs> guys have given a lot of scoops. We've have, probably had more scoops from you guys than we have from other people. So I think maybe keeping that under your hat. But they will be a, there. Yeah, they will be uh, there. We will, we will make sure that uh, it gets out on the cool room socials when it is released. On that note, with the hope that the tap room opens, um, I might just quickly run through your socials. So um, let me let me know if I've got this wrong. But it's Fury and Sun on pretty much Facebook, Instagram, yeah, Facebook, everything. Yeah, kept, yeah, kept that same that. across the board. Great, which is brilliant. I think everyone should. I think everyone needs to take <laughs> a note of that. That they they could just use one one tag for everything. Um, Thank you very much, Blake and Andrew. Thank you for your time. It has been great to hear from you and great to hear from what 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 Fury and Sun is is um is up to and uh, what what's coming out in the future. Um, thank you for your time. And if you can uh, stick around, uh, if you can't, then then um yeah, we'll wish you have a good night. But yeah, thank you very thanks much for having us. Thanks, thanks, thanks for guys. Us. It's been thanks. great. Good night. Uh,